0: Paint the fucking world. Paint the fucking
1: world. Paint the fucking world. Paint the fucking world. Paint the fucking world. Paint the fucking world. Paint the
2: fucking world. Paint the fucking world.
1: Welcome to Paint the Fucking World Podcast, the podcast for artist by artist. My name is Visual Assault, and with me as always my co-host, Nolan, and we are joined by Fina from Ruffled Feather Art. How are you this evening, Fina? Good, good.
0: Glad good to be though.
1: here. Yes. Uh, I, we're happy to have you on here with us. I'm really excited to do this interview. You and I have been friends on TikTok for, I, I think, since we I, I was first joined. So yep. it's been like a year and a half or so. So we've yep. been... Uh, watching each other grow for a long time and I gotta tell you your artwork has just come so far lately and I'm I'm so impressed with what you're doing. So I'm really excited to dive into that. Um you are in Pennsylvania, correct?
0: Yes, sir. Central.
1: Central. Did you guys get hit with the big snowstorm or
0: we barely got a foot. <laughs> barely
1: got a foot? Oh so you yeah. you kind of got out of it unscathed.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was it was really cold, but we barely got a foot of snow. So we barely everybody ran and scrambled to the grocery store for no reason.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh you didn't get hit. I heard it was pretty bad in some areas, so Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad you didn't get hit too hard. Now uh I believe you I remember you telling me that you are originally from Miami. Is that correct?
0: I was actually born right here in Lancaster, but I grew up in Miami. Okay, so, so technically, I'm from Miami.
1: Okay, and um, how long did you live in Miami for? about ten years? Okay, so you you've been back in Lancaster for a good portion of your life. Though. most the yeah, majority of I, I,
0: I moved back here uh, I was about nineteen, eighteen nineteen when I moved back here. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: now, I mean, Miami seems like such a big cultural hub for arts. Uh, when you lived down there, did you get to experience any of that? None of it. None of it?
0: None whatsoever. Oh, man. I was, I, I... I was in school and just, that's all it was, in school, barely any friends, just, and then I got pregnant with my kids, so.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you're itching to go back and see some of the amazing artwork they have around there oh,
0: Definitely, and, yeah.
1: and get, get away from the cold. Just for a little bit. <laughs> Just for a little bit. Well, let's go ahead and get into this uh, a little bit about your artwork. Uh, the question I ask every artist is, you know, most people say they've been creating since they were young. When did you start taking your artwork seriously? <coughs>
0: Why do you do this to me? (laughs) Um, Well, I got with my husband about 14 years ago, and he's been slowly pushing me further and further into working into my art more and more. I'm sitting in the middle room of my house so the living room is this way and the kitchen is this way, but still it doesn't matter. It's, this is my studio. Gotcha. And it's gotcha. all because of him, because he's been pushing me to do it more and more. I'm glad so he did. This, the studio started getting slowly built little by little, maybe six years ago. Okay. And I've really been pushing and getting myself out there more and more since I got my TikTok.
1: Yeah, nice. TikTok seems to be a huge game changer for a lot of people. Uh, I know yep. what's for me like meeting all the amazing artists. I mean, all three of us met on TikTok. Yep. yep. So, you know, it's it's been one of those uh, kind of a melting pot for us artists to kind of get together and meet one another and get be inspired and and push ourselves more and more. Yep. So, TikTok's been a great um, catalyst for that. Um, so right, I'm-
0: right before I got my TikTok, I that's when I started my chalk art. Okay, and it was an escape because my mother was basically on her deathbed in my home. So just as a little escape from that, I was doing my chalk art right outside of my house. So I'd still be close with an earshot in case she needed me. I'm right there. Yeah, but. I got noticed by the city from that and that's what actually got me to start doing more art and that's why I got my TikTok in the whole nine so technically you could say I got serious with my artwork about a year and a half two years ago
1: okay yeah I've seen your chalk art it's absolutely amazing and I am extremely jealous because when I try to do anything with chalk it literally looks like I'm a teacher in high school that can't write their name on the board. (laughs) And yet you are able to create these amazing pieces. I mean, a my fat ass is not getting down on the ground to make anything (laughs) as far as chalk art goes.
0: I'm a big girl too. I'll tell you that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like I just couldn't imagine like being down hunched over doing that for so long. Like I, I'm kind of getting old, and my back just starts screaming at me even thinking about it. So Trust
0: me, I do it. <laughs> my, everything starts to hurt. I think about it a million times before I actually go and do a piece because my body wants to cry Yeah. before, during, and after. But yeah, it's it really takes a toll on the body.
1: Well, that and like every time I've tried to do that, like. I don't know if it's because I have a heavy hand or whatnot, but my, my fingers get chewed up and, so do you know, because I'm like scraping and all of a sudden I get to the end of that chalk and I'm not realizing it. And I'm like, you know, and then I have road rational tips of my fingers and it's just like, yep. uh, no, uh, that's when just not I, sound fun to me.
0: When I first started, um, I have eczema in my hands. So, okay. That was really a big no-no for me with the chalk, but I yeah. still did it anyway. Um, I'd get like really dry in between my fingers and the tips of my fingers would start bleeding. And like you said, road rash, basically, I'd get that on all three of my main fingers from the dry chalk and from rubbing the chalk into the concrete so that way it doesn't come up as bad. Um,
1: Oh yeah and the whole Blending process
0: Oh hell yeah My husband got me a pair of gloves at his job That he can get from his vending Machine at work (laughs) Oh there you Um, go There are rubber tips On the bottoms of the fingers And on the back it's cloth So he got me these I still chew through those gloves like nobody's business But at least it's not as bad on my hands Yeah
1: Yeah oh yeah. I, I don't I, I admire your chalk art for sure.
0: Thank you. But I
1: don't envy the whole the whole process at all. You, I, you can have that. You will no competition from me.
0: Dude, I've done it in the fucking scorching sun where it's hot as hell. My husband's actually stood outside and held an umbrella over me so I don't oh. burn. Cause I'm stubborn with putting sunblock on, but yeah, my kids will come out and bring me cool drinks and I just put my headphones on and I just work. And you it all started because of COVID. It all started because of COVID, because I wanted to cheer people up.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. You yeah, uh, would have loved El Paso. We we have a, um, I don't know if they still do it now, but uh, every year they did a thing called Chalk the Block, uh, where you'd go sign up. Our artists would go sign up, right? And you'd have like a slab. And it was a pretty good size slab, of uh, cement down in downtown El Paso and yep. you could do, you know, whatever, as long as it was, I'm pretty sure there was like some uh, family friendly rules and stuff, yep. but I saw some really cool stuff, man. Perspective pieces. <laughs> um, I wish
0: I could do that. I wish I could get to that point.
1: You I will. You, you got it. Sure. So my son just got for his, for Christmas, he got a whole chalk set. Uh, a sidewalk chalk set but his sidewalk chalk set he actually has a holder for it and I was like oh that shit's I actually might be able to try that but he has <laughs> this one that holds six different colors in it so you can like rotate in between and I was like
0: yep oh it's insane the stuff that they've started coming out with for chalk
1: yeah I mean I feel like I'd break it after you know about five minutes because <laughs> no, yeah <you wouldn't>. but- <laughs> Um, Now, you did, I believe it was the journey experience that you did some
0: art for. So I did this chalk piece. After my mom passed away, I decided to stop doing the chalk right outside of the house. Uh And I wanted to start doing it at the corner because we don't really have that much foot traffic in front of my house. But down at the corner, we do. So I decided to start doing my artwork down there and my son Caden started jumping in with me periodically. And we did this huge piece that was, um, it was like a stained glass window with a rose on it because we're Lancaster is the red rose city. So we did a big red rose and it just so happens that someone from the Lancaster city coalition saw it, took a picture of it, posted it up on their site, and that got me the attention of a, a local theater. And the theater was mm-hmm. going to put on a show that was going to be a mix between Queen and Journey.
1: Okay. Interesting. So they came
0: to me and they asked me if they could commission me to do a couple pieces around the city to help them promote their show. And that's what I did. I did eight pieces all over the city.
1: That's oh, that's kind of awesome. Yep. I mean that that's uh, that kind of puts you you know well known within your city there on you know this is this is the sidewalk chalk person might not yep. be what you want to be known for but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know and to be able to help promote and and create art around the city for that I mean that's so much more personal than uh let's say a flyer you know i could design a flyer for something and but that that's you know that's just me sitting in front of my computer this is you actually getting out uh boots on the ground for lack of a better term and being able to like you know talk to people on the street while you're doing that and you at that point you're almost like a spokesperson for it because you're telling people what it's for as well as creating the artwork that's a really unique um like thing that you you were able to do
0: the first so. couple pieces i did i actually did network just a tiny bit i did meet other people that are artists around the city there are other people that were like hey can we commission you for this that or the other i actually had a stack of the flyers for the actual show to hand out to people when they would ask me what it was about uh-huh. um That was just my first, like, maybe three or four pieces. The rest of the pieces, I played Banksy. I did them at night when no (laughs) one was (laughs) Nice. One, because I didn't want to have to deal with people walking over my artwork while I'm working on it, which was driving me insane. Yeah. And two, I didn't have to worry about the sun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, did you have to have, like, a special permit when you were doing that?
0: No, I did not, but I did go ahead and for most of them, I did them in front of businesses. Uh So I did go into the business and I'd ask them, Hey, I'm helping promote this show. Would it be okay if I come out and do a piece out on your sidewalk with chalk and all eight places that I asked, they all said, well, sorry, seven, because the first one, I didn't know who to talk to, but (laughs) that was literally a public space it's where there is our big fountain in the middle of the city where the crossroads are Uh i did that piece there and like a day or two later the guys from the theater actually called me and they're like hey we're not you know giving you a slap on the wrist or anything we're just letting you know for later if you decide to do anything else there these people said they own that sidewalk and you're not (laughs) and uh don't ever do a piece of artwork there again and it's funny because i did that piece at night and it rained the next damn morning
2: oh no
0: so that piece literally was not there even 12 hours but they still called them and told them off
1: and they owned that they owned the sidewalk Yep. Okay. Interesting.
2: Like that gets me, man. Like I, I'd understand if you're like over there chalking up their wall made out of brick or whatever, and they come yeah. out you're like, Hey, I get it. But a sidewalk dude, come I mean, on.
1: Technically they can't yeah. own the sidewalk. Cause I believe that there's a, uh, uh, every city has a leeway of five feet, which is yep. usually the, the dimension of a sidewalk. So that's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, countrywide that the city has that five feet in front of a business or, or yep. a sidewalk there. So, yeah, but th- that that's a really cool experience you got to, to take part or take part in. Like, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had anything like that in my life personally that I've been able to, to say that I've done. So, uh, I'm, uh, That's commissioned, right? Like rebellious art, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's a little street art, you know.
0: I get paid to do
1: this. Uh, Now, how has your art changed over time? I mean, you said like you, you just recently started doing the chalk art, which is new, um, but like you know, when you first started creating artwork, say, you know, in your younger years, what were you drawing? Like what were you drawn to, to create?
0: When I was a teenager, actually, what I was most interested in was landscape. Oh, That's you would look at my work now and not believe what I'm saying, because it's just, I'm completely different from back then. So yeah, you're, I to, uh, yeah, I was a, a little Bob Ross baby. I used to love doing landscapes. I hate the mountains, though. I don't like doing the mountains in the background. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I leave
0: the mountains I, out.
1: I feel like I'm the only one who's never done landscapes. Like, it's never been a thing that I've ever done. Like, I'm, I've done them, but it's never been like a period in my life where I did landscapes. It's just. I don't know. I, I didn't grow up watching Bob Ross. I knew Bob Ross. I had watched him a few times, but it wasn't something that I I watched re- religiously.
0: It's the I same mean, for me, actually. I didn't grow up watching him. I only watched him a couple times, but I just I love scenery. I don't know why. It just it's calming, I guess.
1: I don't know. I mean, I I I guess growing up on the Oregon coast, that's all I saw with scenery.
2: Oh, that makes sense. I you grew know? up in the <laughs> desert, man. Everything was brown.
0: <laughs> You're a little sick of it. We didn't even have right?
2: We didn't even have like cool plants. They all look dead.
1: I grew up like <laughs> on a mountain, so I mean that's just like, and on the coast, you know, I could throw a rock almost to the ocean.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes, I guess that makes some sense. I mean, I was in the city in Miami. I guess I was, you know, all city lights and everything. So I just wanted a calm place
1: to yeah. look at. <laughs> at least. I mean, I could walk out my door,
2: <laughs> I don't want some trees. Just I just want to see some green. <laughs> I
1: mean, I could walk out my door and walk across the street, and I and hike up the hill thirty feet, and I'm like. In the mountains. And you're lost
0: in the woods instantly. I mean,
1: I spent so much of my my formative years in the woods playing paintball or riding dirt bikes. I mean, that's just where I was when I was younger. That's Um, crazy. So I guess for me, you know, that just wasn't something I was interested in. And everybody, the art in in a town like that is all scenery based. It's all like, because people are painting what the tourists are going to want to buy. Yeah. And I, I just, it's never been something for me. Like, I'm like, I want to paint hard rockers, you know, I want to paint actors and musicians. And I, that's just never been my thing. So I, I guess maybe that's why. I don't know. I, did I just come to a realization in my life? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we already talked about your chalk art. So I'm just going to go ahead and bypass that. Um, now with the journey experience, we were talking about music and things like that, but I I know you're also a big music person and how does music affect you and how you create?
0: I don't know. I could probably start with something simple but all of a sudden it takes like a darker turn. If I'm listening to something a little more melodic. Um, Sure. I've always been the kind of person that whether I'm doing dishes, I'm sweeping, I'm at work anywhere. I always have to, it's almost like knowing your exits. I always have to have my music with me and I'm sorry, Chris, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you can do any artwork without any music going and how it just does not impact you while you're working.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Chris commented on the last podcast. He's like, way to call me out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and yeah, he's gonna get called out every single episode every time someone gets asked that question
1: <laughs>
0: I think
2: referencing back is always gonna be a thing though because i'm pretty sure we'll have something about david Something about yep. like micah and stuff coming back just based on but you're right Unfortunately, this one's a pretty big like it's crazy because most yep. of us creatives do feel some type of emotional Connection to something when it comes to music and yep. um Fortunately, he's not the only one I've ever ran into that doesn't. That's but crazy. still yeah, it still makes me go like, what do you mean? Like just having somebody openly admit to me saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm not really a fan of music. Like not not of genres, okay? Just no, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of a music. I don't really it's not my no.
0: life. No. How? I did, can't did you, crazy. Did you
1: tell me that your your uh your significant other is like that, Marco? To an
2: extent, yes. Um, so she they, she does enjoy music and will utilize it. Um, definitely a lot of mainstream stuff. So anything on the radio she's down with, right? Um, but it's not just that. Like another thing that I find very fascinating about them, uh, about her, is that uh, she's not really a movie person. She's not open about movies. Yeah. So like, and, and they, she is very okay. Now I want to ask you guys a question how you guys feel about this, right? But she's very okay with starting a movie and not finishing it. It's like just bolting like halfway through or something. I'm pretty yeah. sure people out there that are okay with that, but like it just it just trips me out. And All we right, have...
1: No, so I'm going to say this. As a parent to a three-year-old, there's a lot of times <laughs> I get to start a movie and not finish it. And it's not by choice. It might take me three or four days to finish that movie, but I will go back and finish that movie. You
2: know which movie I had to do that with? Uh, Have you guys ever seen Loving Van Gogh?
1: No. I started it, but I didn't get to finish it because, you know, three-year-old.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I started it, and uh, halfway through, had to stop it, and I had to watch it by myself the rest of the way. If, By the way, you know, if any I, of you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a very beautiful, artistic style, the way they did that movie. and uh, where they
1: painted story. everything, right? Yes. Um, everything, every sure they, panel was painted.
2: Yeah, I think it was done how most of those movies are done. They film it, and then they go over and, like, I don't know if they digitally paint over. I'm pretty sure they do because it doesn't really look nah, like it. No, bro,
1: theater. they painted that whole thing. I watched a documentary All on it. it. Oh did they, you they they took and they had like 150 artists at one time painting on the same size canvases and they were all painting a different a different uh, you know time and then they get done they start another one it was wow. crazy Are you serious? Like you're yeah. not me right now? No, I'm 100% serious. What?
2: Wow. Like yeah. that that's that just blows my mind, to be completely honest, just because of
1: well and how, much thing, though, it been, and know, how fluid they move, you know what I mean? You could you could take all those pieces afterwards and sell them to fund your movie. Is that you what know? they did? Wow. I don't know, but I that would never be never smartest thing I to do. Poland. Um but that's yeah, I, I, I was watching uh, I was watching a, a small clip documentary that they had all these people painting. They had a whole room full of people, you know, they had like, uh, you know, a, a section, you know, they have the same palette yeah. for everything. And then they had this, like, this is what you're painting, like a kind of a makeshift picture of it. And then they would just, you know, go through and paint it. And then well, they
2: painted each frame of that movie. Is each frame. Yeah. That is insane. Like a physical. Wow.
1: So that's, that's a, a lot of work, man. Yeah. I, I, it's more dedication than I, I would put into something. I mean, I might be able to do one, but past that, I'd be like, all right, you guys have fun. Out.
2: <laughs> right. It's like, that's it.
1: <laughs> no way.
2: So, that movie. He doesn't finish either. That movie's not short.
1: Yeah. You know, y- you said something about, you know, your significant other not like really paying attention to music so much or being able to walk away from a movie and not finish it. I wonder if that's a generational thing because the three of us are pretty close in age and that in a generation gap there um, where I think our generation is very, we hold on to like pop culture. Like that, that's a, that's a time in our life where it was happy and, and i i i read this article that said like the the people who were born in the 80s have a tendency to hold on to their past because it was a happier period in their time oh yeah i definitely do that um so like you know i i i've, I've started recollecting all the ninja turtles from when i was a kid you know and those kind of collectibles and things that that brought me joy from when i was a kid i have those now as an adult and so I, I wonder if that's kind of a generational thing that, that the generation after us doesn't have that same nostalgia feel for things or connection to things that we do. It could um, it
2: could definitely be a possibility. I mean, um everything that you said kind of makes sense psychologically,
1: you know. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Could, Cause Fina and I have talked about movies and music and and it's just like we could talk for hours.
0: Yep. And
1: and where somebody who is a decade younger than us, it might be a very, very, very short conversation. Yeah.
0: My 15-year-old, I can barely get him to watch a movie with me. He'll watch anime all day, all night. Movie, forget it. My 23-year-old, on the other hand, he almost every time he calls me, that's all we do is talk about movies
1: see and and my sixteen year old is like that with me like she'll call me and and that might be a little bit of her upbringing with her mom, but she'll call me and talk about movies because she knows that I am uh a movie person, so she'll call me and talk about those things uh but yeah i've just, I've just noticed like you know, like I collect movies. People were like, "Why do you collect them? Yep. You can just stream them." And I was like, "Well, you can't stream all of them, right?
0: Yeah. You know, there tried. are
1: movies that you know are out of print that you cannot find that are not streaming anywhere.
0: That's that right. I own.
1: You know this DVD right here that's been out of print for twenty years. That's a hundred and fifty dollar DVD.
0: <laughs> you know, yep. Yeah. You know, Yo,
2: see- speaking of, did I ever tell you? I don't mean to get like off topic or anything, but we're talking about movies, and then you brought up the whole like this movie's been at a run and it's worth like so much money. Um, back home, we had like an it's it's a it was a store called Entertain Mart. It's basically like a uh, FYE or something for used movies and video games and all that, right? So it's, it's a huge place. It's not real small. So I used to go there all the time to just get uh random movies kind of like a blockbuster you just go and rent a bunch right so that's what i would do i basically use it as a blockbuster i'd go buy cheap movies watch them then go back and resell them there for credit and then go and get some more right so i had a blu-ray version of sid and nancy that i bought at target and it was on sale at the time i bought it for like i don't know 10 bucks it was a special edition blah 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 i didn't care i've just i was like oh i never really seen this movie I've always wanted to watch it okay I bought, I bought it right watched it super long movie Loved the sex pistols but was like okay I understand why this was influential all right um well I'm done I don't want it anymore went over to F or to Entertain Mart to go sell it and the dude just started telling me how like rare it is and how much money they were gonna give me for it and I was like for real and he's like yeah and I was like all right cool I'm gonna sell it and then he's he you know gives me the cash I walked back down to Target because it wasn't that far away from it, from the entertainment. They still had some copies of it, bought two of them, <laughs> went back to entertainment, was like, hey, homie, I got two more copies of that movie you told me that was so rare or whatever. I ended up walking out with like 150 bucks for three copies of that Sid and Nancy.
0: Oh my God.
2: Yeah. I will say this. So I kind of kicked myself. I should have kept one of them, even though I thought the flick was like,
1: all right. Didn't really
0: it would be rare at one point.
1: (laughs) You know, here's the thing is I'm not a huge Sex Pistols fan, but I am a Gary Oldman fan. Yes. Oh so So, and I don't get rid of movies. Like that's just not something I do. That's like if you were to tell me you went and bought Ghostbusters and then watched it and then went and sold it back, I would smack you. Like I would literally send a smack in a box up to Alaska <laughs> and smack you because it's just not something you do. I didn't have the space for all those. I agree with you, though. I don't the have the space party. for all those. I have boxes of DVDs and Blu-rays in my studio.
2: <laughs> I really think you're right when it comes to the collection or the, the collecting, the nostalgia feel or whatever is something in our generation because I don't know many people that do do that anymore. I had a huge collection of movies. I had a huge collection of video games. Huge collection of uh, comic books. I had a collection of Converse, dude. Before I moved up to Alaska,
0: okay, Converse,
2: man. And I had to get. I did have to sell a lot of it before I moved up here because I couldn't ship it. But the movies I kept were the ones that I knew, like whether they're worth their money or not. I, like I had to keep them, um, and they're they're kind of like lost gems, in my opinion. Like, have you ever seen a movie called A Scanner Darkly? with um Keanu
0: Reeves.
2: Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: same, heard of it. Oh,
2: almost the same style as like Loving Van Gogh, only they yeah. as far as I know, they painted it digitally. They recorded it, you know, and it's super, yeah. super dark, tragic movie. Awesome movie. But anyways, you know, stuff like that. So I apologize, Tyler, for uh well for you know,
1: this brings up stories. this this does bring up a uh, an interesting point. Uh, I feel like all three of us do create artwork around pop culture stuff a lot too.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Um, I mean, I do, Fina does, Marco, you sometimes do, not all the time. I mean, just like I sometimes do, but like for the most part, a lot of my artwork recently has all been around pop culture or horror movies per se. But it, it's been like my focus for you know since I started taking art serious when I was in high school. I mean, that, that, I would always create pop culture stuff when I was younger. That's what I liked. You know, I was painting musicians. I have portraits of Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Jonathan Davis. I did all these portraits, you know, um, fucking, I, I did a portrait of Alanis Morissette. Uh, I did a portrait of David Bowie when I was in high school. I mean, those were that's what I was painting then, because music was a huge part of my life. Cause I yep. was playing music that I just taught myself out of play guitar and I was playing in a band. So music was just very heavily influenced within my artwork. And then you know, the older I got, and the more into other things I, I started branching out into more pop culture aspects, but that was always a big part of my artistic journey. Um, but I feel like our generation does I don't want to say we tend to more, but we tend to lean towards that a lot more than I think younger or older
0: generations do. Definitely.
2: I think it's changed. I think the name has changed because we call it pop art. We call it pop culture. I think Mm -hmm. the, the new age or the new generation's word for that is fan art. So it's not necessarily that it's not being done and it's definitely a different style. I wouldn't consider it pop art. But what we do and what we, the reason why we create that pop style or pop esque and those with those pop icons, those pop figures, um, I think has has changed. So there is a huge influx, especially in the anime community, right? There's a huge influx of fan based and fan made art, whether it's um, drawings, paintings, or anything of of known characters, uh, but also a lot, a lot of fanfic. Like, oh, my God, there's libraries and libraries of digital fan fiction that people have uh, written up, whether it's Doctor Who, you know, old Doctor Who stuff or recent, recent things like Adventure Time or even Star Wars. I mean, look at the extended universe in Star Wars that most of that was fan based stuff. Right. So I I don't think it's that it's dead or they're not doing it. It's just it's definitely changed and evolved.
1: You know, one of the one of the things that I've noticed is, like, when it comes to, like, fan art, I, I see people taking aspects of that character and then creating their own rendition of it. Whereas, myself, I'm going for likeness. You know, I'm, I'm creating it so people look at that and be like, oh, that looks just like it. Being you do a lot of that same thing. You're not taking it and creating your own thing. So there's a, I think there's a difference between a pop culture artist and then a fan artist, because yep. a fan artist is, act, I guess, in a sense, they're putting more creativity into it. But I think they're taking, like, aspects of the anime style. So taking, like, Doctor Who and throwing it into anime style. Or like Batman throwing it in the anime style. So I'm I, seeing I'm seeing more of those crossovers between like the different. Whereas I'm like you know I, I don't do that. I, I go for I I pick an image, and, and kind of go for it, and that I like, and then I tweak it how and, and make it my own. But at the same time, mm-hmm. really keep it close to what it was what it was. Yeah. Um, so they, I don't know. It's it's different. I think there's a difference between fan art and, and pop culture art. And then there's a, there's a big difference with pop art too. Pop art is very, it's kind of a, in a league of its own. More like, you know, that Andy Warhol, but like a, a pop culture artwork where is what we tend to do, not necessarily fan art, I don't think. But I, I agree with you. It has shifted with this younger generation with fan art is they're they're creating their own unique style and and blending it like you know, making, I don't know, a Doctor Who fucking Pokemon character. I I don't know. (laughs) I, I, you know, I I don't, I'm so out of the loop with these things. (laughs) (laughs) These kids and their Pokemon, get off my lawn, you know? I'm I'm getting old.
2: But, This is why I said on the last one that I think I got the best of both worlds in my generation. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. So we talked about music influence. You what are some of your favorite bands to listen to while you're creating? Since we went off on a huge fucking tangent about artwork there, which is good, but we got completely off topic there.
0: Obviously. Him. <laughs> you're, you're so slipknot. emo. Obviously, slipknot. I wow. I die for slipknot. Corn. Um you're I've been sure. really good in Cedar here recently. Ooh, Again. Cedar was good back in the day. I love Cedar. I got to see them live a couple of years ago for my birthday. Yes. Yes, that was nice. You, and it you're was in our your local, age. our little local uh club here. So it was, you know, maybe like 200 people at the most.
1: Uh, that's probably all that Cedar can draw these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need <laughs> <a son.
1: laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Cedar, but when they're playing fairs, you, you know, they're kind of past their prime, you know. Um, I,
0: there's Breaking Ben, obviously, sure, huge Breaking Ben fan, especially because they're local boys.
1: Um, are from PA,
0: yeah, they're from uh Wilkes Bar, which okay. isn't too far from here.
1: Wilk um, Bar?
0: Wilkes. Bar.
1: Oh, Wilkes bar gotcha but i mean I
0: have... you're you're, yeah, I
1: you're basically talking about my senior year in high school
2: That that's... i was gonna say it sounds like more mid-2000s the like early two thousand, mid-2000s well i, early I do i mean that's what we
0: got older music as well you know reo speed wagon and Aerosmith and, you know, shit like that. Like, I listened to way back when, but not as much as I do to the stuff that I listened to when I was a teenager. Yeah. I did hear, I want to say within the past year or so, I did get into the habit of when I am working, especially by myself, when there's no one else in the house or... I'm up at four o'clock in the morning, and I decide to start working on my painting or something. And everyone's asleep. I'll put on creepy pastas. Oh, okay. Um,
1: now I don't know much about that. It, it, it's a website, yeah. <laughs> what <Well>, kind of <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck it is?
2: I'm um, yeah, it's, you guys. It's cool. it's actually I feel like you would get into it, Tyler. That's why I'm surprised yeah, that you he, say you, you
0: want would it. love it. Um, is is it something podcast I can
1: listen to on it? my my Echo or do I have to go look it on a computer or is it podcast? What is it?
0: Wherever you want. Wherever you want. I started off with YouTube and yeah, now so I listen I. to it on my Spotify. Okay. You can find it on anything. They have Creepy podcasts process. as well. Creepy
1: um, posters. I'm I just don't know what it is.
0: My kids, my two older kids, they uh, started up with it, I want to say about six years ago or so, they started up, oh, we're just listening to creepypastas. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Creepy what? Well, my husband looked into it and he's like, yeah, those are what used to be called spaghetti westerns. They're just horror stories.
1: Oh, isn't that where what the the thin or the tall man? Yeah, Slenderman.
0: Slenderman. Yeah, Slenderman. That's yeah. what he is. He's a creepypasta.
2: So the funny story behind Slenderman is it it became it started off as a uh, an edited photo. It was for a competition that yeah. I think Photoshop was was behind, and they kind of pulled it up. And correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, I like, I think it was Photoshop, but they they the competition was, you know, make a realistic looking um creepy photo, right? And they did the person or the people or whatever, the group behind uh the Slenderman photo, like that photo got such a huge following that it made a creepy pasta. It was they made a story behind who Slenderman was What what the entity did, like all that stuff. And it spanned video games, it spanned multiple stories, multiple videos. Like you can see fan-made movies.
0: A movie came out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like an actual Uh. movie.
1: So I'm usually out in my studio at night. (laughs) Oh no. It's dark. And I hear shit all the time. (laughs) He's out there, dude. Turn your light out. So, creepy pasta if it's not, would be a if daytime it's not slenderman, thing
0: you probably for me. have a cryptid out there. <laughs> uh,
1: because I mean, I told you about the guy that was hiding underneath my window because he tried breaking into the house a couple of doors down from me, and I could hear him breathing. And it was four o'clock in the morning. So uh,
0: yo, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. This this shit was crazy. Like I, I, I had no clue that he that somebody tried to break into my neighbor's house two doors down but I'm out in my studio working at four o'clock in the morning and I have my roll door open and I see cops drive up and down my street, which is super weird. And I hear heavy breathing. I turned my music down and I, I pointed my light out the door and it went away. And I don't know if he jumped my fence or went through my fence and like jumped the other fence or whatnot, but they never caught the dude. That's but so no, i'm I'm always a little on edge when I'm out here now because of that. Like if I hear a fucking mouse somewhere, I'm like on edge. <laughs> my, my dog was out here, and a rat was running through. I don't have any rats in my garage I think to my dog, <laughs> but like fuck almost knocked all my paintings down, and it, it was like they were going at it. but
0: wow. yeah
1: it's crazy shit. I live in in a pretty safe neighborhood.
0: That's what crazy punters are.
1: I didn't lock (laughs) my door.
0: You'll see me sitting here at 4 o'clock in the morning, wake up, can't sleep, and I'll come down. I'll just sit at my easel or at my desk, just put my headphones in and just listen to horror stories at 4 o'clock in the morning.
1: See, I used to listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. After that, I, I couldn't listen to them out here while I was working anymore. Just... And that's
0: crazy because that's just literally someone just telling a story of something that happened. I mean, not to discredit that, obviously it's something that happened. So it could happen again. So of yeah. course you're going to be scared of that. But when you're listening to a creepy pasta, like at least the guy I listen to, his name is Mr. Creepy pasta. He's like the biggest name.
2: Uh, out here okay.
0: In yeah. uh, he's the one that reads them. So it's like, his voice is phenomenal and they'll just put very slight little like background noises in there and he'll change his voice and things like that. He just, he puts so much inflection behind it. It's phenomenal. It'll scare the hell out of you.
1: I don't know. I've been told that my voice sounds like velvet covered gravel.
0: Velvet ground. Oh,
1: maybe I should uh, join Creepy Pasta. I could go as Big Pasty. <laughs> Big
2: Pasty, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be <No>. happy,
0: Pasta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so besides music, what are some other things that inspire you? Like any, like what are things in your life that inspire you? Like, um, it, it, what are some of your favorite artists and things
0: like that? favorite artist I will say is Sean Coss
1: Sean Cos
0: he I have his artwork literally right there
1: gotcha, okay.
0: and right there this one hey, you told me about him hey. he is from Ohio and he is the guy I don't you, you might have heard of him actually he's the guy that did um the different, I think he did it two years in a row. I'm not sure if he's done a third one. Um, he did the different um, mental illnesses. That's what both of my pieces are back there. I have bipolar disorder actually right in front of me, um, anxiety, and generalized depression. Like he's given. These disorders basically efface.
1: That's really interesting.
0: His work is um, phenomenal. It's it's amazing. He does other things, but he's done two two sets of that. Okay. I mean, he just got into. He did um, recently here. I guess last year he did a Zodiac series. Wow. Um, he does a bunch of other stuff. He actually did um, now that I remember he actually did Seether's second to last cover.
2: Okay. Oh. That makes it sense. Has, I'm looking at his art right the, now
0: and it makes sense. It has like the red rabbit on it with like a, a scissor in his hand or whatever. Like he's the one that drew that.
1: That's awesome. I'd he's love to be able to, to do an album cover for a band but I know that uh, they don't pay anything hardly at all, if at all, for the album art anymore. It's more of a you get recognition thing for, if that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I uh, you've, t- we've talked about him, and you showed me his work, but I, I haven't actually had a chance to look his work up. Um, but I, I definitely want to to check it out because it sounds extremely interesting.
0: Yeah, his Good his art is is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> you like it, Marco. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: <laughs> we're Do the gonna 7-10. get into uh, you know since since we're, you're being featured in the Halloween, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk horror now. Getting back to us pop culture nuts and talking horror, uh, I know you're a horror Halloween fan, so I'm not even going to ask you if you are. Um, <laughs> but what are some of your favorite horror Halloween movies?
0: Hmm. I, I guess it's all just the usual, obviously. Um, Halloween. I love the Halloween series.
1: Um, what, what's your favorite in the Halloween series? I mean, are you going the old the OG from what, 78?
0: Yeah, or, the, first, or... the first original is my favorite.
1: Because I feel like that one is the scariest of them all.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Because the way that he, what, wh- who, who uh, directed that? I can't
0: remember who it was. Uh, Mustaf Akkad. Huh. Mustaf Akkad
1: directed that. I believe so. The original Mustafa. Halloween. Yeah. No, uh, not not Wes Craven. What's the other one? No, who is it? I can't remember. Anyways, the way they portrayed that, like with the glimpses of Michael behind the clothesline, or you know that 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 was that was scary. There was a, a, a an actual fear that they <laughs> were able to invoke in that, which I, you know, horror movies today just don't have. Uh, nope. You know, they they go straight for the jugular right out the gate. There's no build up to it. <laughs>
0: Um, there's John, there's Carpenter, one movie. Carpenter.
1: John Carpenter, 1978
0: John Carpenter, that's what I was
1: thinking of Yeah, John Carpenter Yeah,
0: yeah there's, there's of- one movie That's one of my favorites That I do feel it does do that It builds it up, it doesn't just Throw it at you And that's Trick or Treat
2: With- that I a, love trick the, that. That's a little dude, right? With like the potato sack looking mm-hmm. thing On his head
0: Yeah That one, it's the fact that it's an anthology and it does like Mm -hmm. all those different stories, but they're all intertwined with each other. It it gives you that buildup.
1: That's cool. I think what with the original Halloween movie, much like Jaws, how they used certain... We're going to go back to music here. And yep. how like they, they use the da 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 da, or they he would do the I can't remember the exact little thing, but they would use that to introduce that character onto the scene, Correct. and build up yep. anticipation because you don't know exactly what, what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, and you know Alfred Hitchcock was really the one who did that with the falsettos in Psycho. The yep, know, so he kind yeah. of revolutionized that that fear factor <laughs> to build suspense and, and that's what like movies or horror movies to me, like wouldn't be near as successful if it wasn't with the score and how it was, mm-hmm. the music was used within the movie.
0: I agree. I and, feel like
2: movies in general though, but horror movies need, they need it to be good.
1: Yep. What, I, I haven't watched A Quiet Place, but oh, that's a I, I monster movie, though it, it, is, it? is. But there, there's there's an element. It's like a okay, so a creature feature is still considered a horror movie.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I don't know if they used music throughout that at all, um, because of how like the aesthetic no, of that movie. I
0: believe they didn't. I remember watching it. If I remember correctly, they did not have any music in that movie.
1: Yeah, I don't
2: know what this says about the movie. I, I enjoyed it, but I yeah, you're right. I don't actually remember if they did or not. Nope. Um, it, I thought it was a great flick, though. I never. I didn't see the sequel.
0: Nope, I haven't mm-hmm. watched it either.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of went all out for the title on the sequel, A Quiet Place 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <They>, yeah.
1: They <laughs> really put a lot of thought into that. A quiet place yep. again. It's uh, I don't still know, quiet. quiet place we should have just
0: named it. It's still quiet.
1: It's, it's still, still quiet. quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, I like that better.
1: It's still, quiet. It, it's, still quiet. What,
2: it's still quiet. What was
1: that movie that Jordan Peele did with? the uh, uh, Was it Don't Breathe? That sounds familiar. Uh, where the guy who was a blind or
0: yeah, the old man that's blind. Man. Yeah, that I never saw sick. that,
1: but I know. What
0: you're, yeah, that movie is sick. Well, not the movie, but that like, oh my god! I think that Jordan is a Peel, good movie. Though.
1: I think Jordan Peele is actually, um, really taking horror to a whole new level with this generation.
0: He really uh, is. He's, I, I feel like he's, he's pulling it back.
1: Yeah, he's taking elements from that that worked from history and incorporating with new things, and and he's kind of taking. Yes, some of these stories are are the same as what we've seen in past and and with other storylines, but he's basically reinventing them, kind of like you know how an author will sometimes take a. A story that's done before, but taken in a different direction. Like Neil Gaiman did that with the Graveyard Book. It's essentially the Jungle Book, but all set in a graveyard. Which it was fantastic. It was really well real, well written, and I really loved the book. Um, but when somebody's like, "Oh, it's just the Jungle Book," it was like the glass ceiling just shattered around me because I was like, "What the fuck? You're right. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. You got Bagheera." You have Mowgli. I mean, you have everybody in there. They're just named things, and they're all ghosts for one human being. I mean, it was – Now I just so, – I want to read that now. Now H- I want H- to it's read It's a really that. good book.
2: I'm going to um, have to get the
1: for that. I'll save it later. But for an author to be able to take a story that's already been played out and and redo it and, and do something completely different I think is always fascinating. So I think what Jordan Peele is doing is he is uh, – you know, he's taking, he's stepping it up. You know, he's saying, okay, guys, well, enough with the saws, enough with the hostel. Yep. You know, let's take the the blood mm-hmm. door out of this and actually yeah. bring in true horror.
0: I'm a huge saw fan.
2: Story. story. I like story. Yeah. Right.
0: Those traps amazing.
2: The first saw is like a masterpiece, Drops in my opinion. It's terrifying. Well, the first one, I guess it was like minimal. And I think that's what I liked about it. It was definitely not bl- at that bloody, but that ending, man. And like I told you before, I'm usually really good about predicting things because I just, I was, so, especially at the time, I watched movies like crazy. So being able to predict stuff. And then that movie just came and was like, ha ha ha, fuck you. You thought you knew. And I'm like,
1: oh. it just blew mm-hmm. my mind. The second one where she falls into a, a hole with hypodermic needles. Mm-hmm. That's
0: wow. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Nope. I mean, I finished it. <laughs> I think, you know, we're talking about finishing movies. I think Candyman would be that movie for me that I never finished. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I know why though. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking oh thirty-one years later. I haven't. Actually yeah, yeah, we were. T-
0: Marco missed it the other night at Discord, though. <laughs> we were talking about Candyman in there. <laughs> was it Carrie? Carrie actually started saying it, and Tyler just left. <laughs> yeah,
1: I <I'll> bounced. <laughs> she she he was, left the Discord she was in three times. I she wasn't letting her to get to five.
0: he disappeared, he came back like two minutes later, he's like, are you done now?
1: Started it again, and I bounced again.
2: It's crazy, it's crazy (laughs) how that happens, man, like, I I totally understand that, I don't know if I have a, I I don't know, I'm pretty sure there is, and I'm probably, I I probably don't advertise it, so is that not to happen, but yeah, it's, (laughs) I'm really sorry.
1: (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, it's like the game Bloody Mary Right. it's like no I'm not playing with that I'm not going down that road
2: I actually had a homie that had all of his mirrors covered because he swore up and down to me that he actually did see something so every mirror was either covered or facing a different way
0: that's crazy
1: was he on shrooms or
2: no no he was like actually (laughs) one of the most like anti drug people I know but straight it. yeah I was like I go to oh. his house I was like hey bro what's like what's up with the towel on the on the thing and he told me he was was like, he oh, wearing a I'm tinfoil foil hat
1: no tinfoil hat I,
2: mean, tinfoil I haven't tinfoil talked tinfoil to the, the tinfoil guy tinfoil
1: in years but still it's like when I knew him <laughs> so what is your favorite genre of horror movie
0: oh hmm I want to say Slasher. Slasher?
2: Like
0: yeah, See? definitely. Yeah. So were you
2: excited for the new Scream
0: movie then? I was until something got spoiled for me. Now I don't want to watch it.
1: You know, I I haven't... I watched the original Scream. I don't know if I watched any of the other ones. I wasn't a huge Scream fan. Um, I guess... When I think of slasher, I think of eighties, like late seventies, early or late seventies to the eighties slasher movies. Yep. So having a slasher flick in the nineties just seemed I don't know, it wasn't the same. Um, you know, you Yeah, I don't know.
0: No, now that I think about it, I think I know wow, I just had a moment of realization.
1: (laughs) Oh do tell.
0: Oh my God. I'm here thinking back to, I'm like, you know what? It's just something that was basically passed down for me. Like my mom was always a huge horror movie fan. And she was the one that told me that, you know what my first horror movie was when I was three. (laughs) And I'm thinking back on it just now. I'm like, wait a minute. That was a slasher.
1: (laughs) What what was that first horror movie you got to watch?
0: So when I was three, I would uh, sit on the couch and I'd put this movie in the cassette player in the VCR. I'd put it in, go sit on the couch, watch the entire movie, jump back off the couch, run over, hit rewind, stand there and wait hit play run back to, and i just do that wow and was called, it was called pieces
2: pieces
1: i have never heard of this movie i got to i got to look it up what year
0: but oh my god I think, I think it was
2: 1982
0: i think it was 82 yeah cuz i think it was re- yeah it was released the year that i was born
1: that's just terrifying. Uh, non- that so much. At P- three years Bicquet?
2: old, is that does that sound right? Jean Piquet Simmons, the director. Yes.
0: Yep.
1: Interesting pieces.
2: Interesting. It's exactly what you think it is. That's a, that's like the catch line of the movie. It says <laughs> pieces. That, that's exactly.
1: God, that was perfect. <laughs> 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 well,
0: yeah, it's it's a really good. It's it was a real. I watched it again later in life, and it's it's it hasn't aged really well at all. But <laughs> it's a good movie, though it is. It really is.
2: It's got the, the the main antagonist looks like the shadow. It's got like that, like big brim hat with the mat. I don't know. It's I'm looking at it right now, and that's what it reminded me
1: of. Um. <laughs> Who is your favorite slasher? Is it is it Michael? Michael. Who's your favorite horror character of all
0: time? <sighs> I don't know if I have a favorite. I just love it all so much. Okay. I Who mean, li- I'm literally wearing
1: <laughs> Is that a Freddy shirt? Yeah. I was, was going to ask if you were a big Freddy fan. Um, who, what's your favorite piece of artwork that you've created of a slasher?
0: See, now I did I did Freddy, but I don't like the way that painting turned out, so I want to redo it. But I think Freddy's the only actual slasher that I've done a painting or drawing of. You did, Michael. I did. I did. I'm, I'm really not happy with him. He doesn't count.
1: <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't count after. until
0: I redo it. Well, he doesn't count until I redo it.
1: Your Sam is absolutely amazing, too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's Sam from Trick or Treat. Am I getting that right? Yes. Sam yeah. Haynes. Yep. Yeah, because uh, that piece was like, when you first showed me that, I was like, holy fuck, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, that that painting is what got us our first like real conversation because you yeah. were trying to help me figure out how I can like you know grow up hair to actually charge people what my stuff is worth.
1: Yes. Do you still have that painting?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's actually up here somewhere.
1: Good because I remember you were going to sell it for like fifty bucks, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, don't, what?
0: Don't believe him, Marco. Don't believe him. He's lying. No, hey, don't pay. feel
2: bad. He, me and him have already had this conversation over. I a piece was, I, I was. Would, I,
0: it was actually going to be a hundred bucks, not fifty. <laughs> it was going to be a hundred dollars.
1: Well, whatever. It was. It was way too low. Um, <laughs> it, it. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that piece.
0: Yep. It, it, go it, the, you got to look at the actual right photo
1: of it because. The background is really what makes it so much better.
2: Yeah, it's got a bunch of writing on it. Um
0: Yeah, I um I wrote his uh rules of Halloween as his background. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that, that the, painting of, uh, Freddy, the painting
0: I did of uh Freddie, the painting I did of Freddie, I did the little song One on two, the background. Three, Yep. And Michael's, I did um, what Dr. Loomis says about him when he was a little boy, how he didn't see anything in his eyes and things like that. Like, I wrote that behind him.
1: Uh, Yeah, I love how you incorporate the typography into that, you know, that's very iconic lines from the movie that you're incorporating into the artwork behind the actual character. I really, really love that aspect. You know, I've seen a lot of people do it, but the way you're doing it is great.
0: If I ever get to finish my Evil Ash, I'm going to put the old man's reading, his translation of the Book of the Dead or whatever it is that it is that he's saying in the recording that they listen to, I'm going to put that in the back.
1: I I think that you should put uh, where he's talking about his double double barrel shotgun. Shop Smart. Shop S Smart. Yep. Shop as smart, or you could just put hey, she bitch. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, that might work. That
0: would be good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if Marco's ever watched Evil Dead or Army of Darkness, so I have. I just
2: don't remember much of much about it. I, I it's very comedic, and I know bro, I'm I looking like
1: for a thing. new co host. Which is <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 wow, it's okay. Oh, I know he's been oh trying to get God. rid of me for some time now,
1: bro my son is named Ashton because I had to compromise because I wanted to name him Ash after <laughs> Bruce Campbell's character Ashton J Williams I'm so, a
0: huge evil Dead fan evil yeah. Dead Ash versus evil Dead all of it I love it to pieces
1: yeah I mean it, it's such an iconic like franchise so get on it Marco
0: actually the soundtrack a yeah, game. I played the game. I for actually the, for listen the to the app. soundtrack of Ash versus Evil Dead sometimes when I'm working. Nice. Yes, uh, yes.
1: You know, I know. I'd say watch it with Drusanna, but she probably won't finish it. So no, dude.
2: I took her. To, I took her to go watch It. I think it was the first part of the the recent It, and she was not having a good time, and I felt terrible. I was like, oh man. So when it came time yeah. to watch the second part. Uh, yeah, she definitely didn't come.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah,
1: that, that's a good segue into my next questions because uh, this month's zine is all Stephen King, and you, of course, have created a single piece of Barlow from Salem's Lot. But I'd love to talk about Stephen King a bit with you because, for me, like it really kind of, you know, like you know my story about Candyman when I was a kid and how it really took me out of the horror genre for a long time, but. When I got back into trying to dipping my toe, so to say, back into it, Stephen King was that catalyst for me. So I am a huge Stephen King fan, and I know you are as well. What is your favorite book by Stephen King? I may or may not have read it. I haven't worked through his entire catalog yet, but I'd love to know like what your favorite book from him is, your favorite character, whatnot.
0: I will tell you now, it used to be um, Misery. Mm, okay. Any milk Yes. And once I read Doctor Sleep, that completely changed for me.
1: So, did I, you like the book better than the movie?
0: What for Doctor Sleep? Yes. Um, I like the book better. I'm not saying the movie is not good, and they almost. Because it was the same director um, team, a uh, brother and sister team that did the It movies, they're the same okay. ones that did. Ooh. Yeah, they're they're the same ones that did the Doctor Sleep movie, and it was almost to the T. It was amazing.
2: Nice.
0: Um. So See, yeah, it's I just I like the book a little bit better because it had a just a little bit more in there.
1: Yeah. I love the it movies that they recently put out. I thought they did a really great job with them. Um I I I think Bill Skarsgård did an amazing job as Pennywise. Uh I'm a big comedy oh. a horror comedy fan I like to laugh while I'm being scared. Really yeah, you love the
0: uh the the zombie comedies, huh?
1: Well, you know, I love Deathgasm. I love, I do love Shaun of the Dead, but I love Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, where there's slapstick yep. comedy interjecting them. The the It movies had a fair amount of comedy, and you know the the kid who plays Richie Tozar, I can't remember the, for the life of me who, his name, but he's also in Stranger Things and in the new Ghostbusters. Yep. He really made that movie so much more than it than it was. Like, he, yeah, he elevated it to a whole new level. And in, in the second half, you know, they had whats the same playing Richie Tozar. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, uh, it wasn't as good. Been...
0: It wasn't huh? Bill Hader, was it? No, no I think
1: he – um, But it wasn't as good as – the comedic timing wasn't as quick. Who was it? Yeah, it was Bill Hader. Yeah, Bill
0: it was Hader,
1: Bill Hader. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bill Hader as a as a professional comedian, comedian, uh, he he, it wasn't as good as well, I, I can't remember his name, but the I kid? thought he did. Yeah, the kid did such a good job. Ben Wolfhard. Ben, yeah. Ben Wolford, yeah. Wolford. He, he he did such an amazing job with it. Um, and I believe that Bill Hader was like handpicked by him to play Richie Tozar. Yes, he was. Um, so, I did... <laughs> I, I like the original. Don't get me wrong. I love Tim Curry as, as Pennywise. It's such an iconic performance. But I tell you what, when you get into the second half of that miniseries, it fucking bore me to tears. Like It was just... <laughs> it was so long and drawn out. Uh, one question I have been asking artists lately that I, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, what book would you recommend to an artist that inspired you? It could be an actual like nonfiction or fiction. It doesn't necessarily have to be based around art. Like one book that I read was art and fear really helped me or like steal like an artist is another book that I've really found useful Um, but do you have any books like that that have inspired you throughout your art career not really fair enough
0: not really it's mostly my family your family yep and now the ptfw all of you guys helped push me
1: the ptfw has been a um a very inspiring place to sit down and hang out. I love seeing everybody creating artwork in there and seeing all the, the works in progress. It's, it's been really great. Yep. So um, what is your ultimate goal with your art career?
0: I don't know. Just make people happy, make, create things that, you know, people can look at and actually get a smile on their face.
1: I love it. It's very simple. You're just wanting to create art and get it out there. And I always say you're you're leaving the world a more beautiful place than you found it with every piece of art you create. So that really stands true to that that statement. Yeah. Uh, in ten years, where do you see yourself as an artist?
0: Well, <clears throat> probably further than I am now. Hopefully, further than I am now.
2: What's the plan?
0: Um, if my husband can help it, we'll be on a bus. And I'll be creating my art on a bus.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Doing that whole uh, the van life? Or yep. bus life?
0: Yeah, he wants us to be schoolies.
1: I, I can see you uh, going back to um, your landscapes. At some point, if you were on the bus, kind of painting some of the iconic places you've been in your own personal style, no?
0: <laughs> sure, I could do that. I could do that. I could see myself sitting on top of the bus with my easel and probably painting up there. But I'll be painting like you know horror movie characters. <laughs> hey, I could paint them in the landscape. I could just do hey, that. there you do go.
1: That. That's the. It's way just to do like it.
0: how people have started buying like old school paintings at like thrift stores and stuff. And they'll put like, you know, horror characters in there or something, but I'll actually paint the actual scenery myself.
1: I, I think that that might be a, a good TikTok series where you paint these nice, beautiful landscapes and share them. And then the next video, like you, like, you do a time lapse if you're painting it. And the next video, it's you putting a horror character in it. And people are like, what the fuck? Why'd you do that? Because <laughs> you know that people are going to do that. You, you yep. know that's going to happen.
0: I remember you guys. Uh, I think it was Marco that mentioned uh, Jazza in the one of the last episodes yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, Jaz- Jazza did that. He actually went out and bought um, a painting from a thrift store. And I think he put like a kraken coming out yeah. of the water. Yeah, yeah, if that, it's the
2: one I'm thinking of, he did a couple, and that one's probably my favorite. What he tried yep. to do was mimic the art style of the original piece. Yep. That was part of the challenge, right? But he wanted to do something yep. crazy, and it was a really nice um, aquatic piece. It got a bunch of boats in there, right, in the water or whatever. And he yep. drew a kraken, like, coming out of the water. So you just see the tentacles and stuff just, like, wrapping Taking, taking one of
0: the boats, yep. Yeah, it was yeah. Good. His, I think he did another one recently where he did like a sleeping dragon or something like that, mm-hmm. and a, like a little adventure or whatever, staring up at him. But yeah, yeah he it, does it, do that. He does try boring. to mimic their it's art style.
1: I'm to to watch these. Yeah, no, I like no, I haven't. I'm not as familiar with his work. I, I have seen it. Um, there was a big collab that went around uh, with a bunch of YouTubers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how I was introduced to Jazza it was from that because um, I actually follow Smonova and Slu and Tenhun so all those artists I, I kind of found through that chain which was really cool I think that that was a, a really unique way for to cross pollinate between their audiences but also create a really amazing piece of artwork and I'm really hoping yeah. that's what happens with the piece that we have going on right now um, yeah, same but yeah there there's a lot of amazing artists out there that i haven't discovered but i that i'm itching to find um who who would be your favorite youtube artist that you've ever found? Who mine? Yeah.
0: I'm going to have to go with Jazza cuz he was the first Jazza? youtube artist that i actually really started watching. He's the first one i i subscribed to.
1: So I found an artist about a decade ago. His name is Steven quick and it's splintered studios is the name of his um, studio, I guess. (laughs) Um, But he's out of uh, the UK and he's a pop artist. And I absolutely love his work. He's so inspiring to me. Like I did a portrait of him recently when I did a whole series of artists that inspire me and he actually commented and told me that he's like, man, this is really awesome. I, I it, you know, he's not huge by any stretch of the means. Like, I think he like was like 10, 15,000 followers on, on YouTube, but I, uh, and he always has responded back. Like when I commented on something, uh, but he like, he's recently started going through and painting um, the toys from his childhood. So he did like, he-Man and he did uh, Raphael and
0: That's he awesome. also
1: did the Kenner version of or the Kenner of the Star Wars toys that he had so like uh, he awesome. did Luke Skywalker and like his process is really awesome the way he does it so uh, if you don't know who Stephen Quick is I definitely suggest going to Finding him because he's a phenomenal artist but he very much pop culture based pop artist so uh, yeah he's yep. He's one of uh, my favorite artists. I know, Marco, you're a big Ted Hunt fan. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he uh, definitely um, really in his style. I love his, uh, just like his ability, his his uniqueness and his character creation and stuff. And like his voice is also so soothing, you know, like his videos are so. Like, he, I He draws me in, man, and he keeps my attention. That voice, his art style, his stories, like everything that he does. And um, I kind of find it really interesting how those YouTubers, those artists, those art YouTubers tend to do that stuff with different techniques. Like Ten Hun has that, at least for me. Jazza has his quirkiness and his energy, his loudness. He's like, when it comes to personality in terms of uh, YouTuber persona, like Ten Hun and Jazza are exact opposites, man. Ten Hun is like real nice, slow, mellow good toning his voice is real like you know soothing sounding right and you listen to him but jazz is like super crazy energetic like like just chaos all the time and just tries a bunch of new stuff but also also tries
0: everything that's one of the things that drew him is he'll try everything everything
2: he's like oh i've never tried that let's do a video like that um that collab that you that you were talking about the balls that he had, he's like, oh, I've never tried this medium. Let's just try it on this collab. And I'm like, are you kidding yep. me?
0: Like, what are you doing? He's he so much as one. And didn't he tattoo somebody?
2: I wouldn't doubt it. I don't think I've seen that uh, one. Yeah. But they it.
0: yeah, he even like tattooed someone. He got the tattoo artist that was showing him how to do it. And the dude tattooed a smiley face onto the bottom of his, onto the bottom side of his toe. That's hilarious. Like, yeah, the one thing I am excited—I'd love to see him try. Which I think I've commented on his videos before because, obviously, I've done it and I did it professionally. I want him to decorate a cake.
1: Oh, oh my god! That, I can't believe he hasn't done that yet. That's a whole whole new level of art artistic challenges. You know, you're working. It, it's. You're working in more of a 3D form when you do a decorating mm-hmm. cake. I mean, of course, you could always print it out on the, you know, and just put it on, on the, top of the cake. You know, the edible
0: fondant it. paper. Yeah, you know? that's, that's cheating.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's if there's one cheating. thing I learned how to do in college, it was to cheat. Um, <laughs> I perfected it. I was very good.
2: Um, <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good uh, mini so conversation there, Tyler. What's considered cheating when it comes to art?
1: Mm-hmm. There, there is no cheating in art. Well, we're gonna have a discussion about it. Okay. Well, let's let's put it this way. Uh, what's that whole thing? Learn the rules so you can break them. So yeah. there is no cheating in art. You yeah. do it the way you want to fucking do it. That's that's Stay it. Rebellious, <laughs> <mother>. like, that's... <laughs> Stay rebellious, Like that's. Stay rebellious. I have I have three more questions. Uh, what is some advice you would give to your younger self about art?
0: Stop fighting back and listen.
1: Oh, that's such a good piece of advice, listening. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this earlier um, to, to the younger artists that I, I've been speaking to, but I just want to say listen. Listen to these artists that are telling you, like, all these things. Just take that and absorb it. You don't necessarily have to use it, but take it and absorb it and use it when you can or or glean that information off of it and appropriate it into what you're doing. And and so many artists are stubborn. They don't want to listen. Yep. So um, that that's a great piece of advice.
0: I have a couple of young artists around me and a lot of them, they just keep seeing my artwork and Oh my God, your art is so good. And you're so good at it. Your art is amazing. I wish I could do that. I know it's been said to death, but practice.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Practice. And I know that me saying practice goes in one ear and out the other because I did it. So yeah. if I tell myself, you know, my younger self, Hey, just listen.
1: Yeah. No, I think listening is key. Like, I mean, it can, listening, it can mean a whole slew of different things because, uh, you know, I listen to art podcasts as well. Like, and there's a lot of information that I glean just by listening to those artists talk. Yep.
0: Um,
1: I, I, I'm able to pick and pull information from them to use business-wise or techniques that I may want to try so I, I you know the older I get the more I stop and listen to what anybody has to say about art because it's it, it's a it's a numbers game you know the more information you know the better off you're going to be so Everybody why makes not fun click? of me
0: Everyone makes fun of me when I'm sitting in the discord. I have myself muted and you can vouch for that. Tyler, you,
1: you do. I'll
0: just sit there quiet. I'm doing my work and I'm just listening to everybody else. Well, Whether you guys are, you know, messing around or actually talking business. Like I'm still sitting here listening to everything. Everybody's saying, I feel like your power, you're sitting there
1: going, these fucking people are nuts. That's that's what I feel like you're thinking when you're sitting there listening.
0: Yeah, most These of
1: the time, yes. crazy. Because that's what yeah, I'm thinking half She's
2: taking notes, man. She's like, "Oh, this will work later." Oh, yeah. No, that's that good, good information. Keep going. Note to oh, self: yep.
1: Never associate with this person.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: she yeah. got dirt on all of us, is what she's saying. <laughs> I feel like we covered the second question there with uh, your your last answer, so I'm gonna just close it out with uh, where can people find you?
0: Instagram
1: under Ruffled Feather
0: Art, uh-huh. uh, TikTok Ruffled Feather Art, and I have my uh, shop that's gonna be opening up here soon on the web, so. I will put news of that up on my Instagram as soon as it's all set up.
1: Perfect. Is that going to be under Ruffled Feather Art as well, or yes, like uh, dot .com or
0: I believe so. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, Fina, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you this evening. It always is good catching up with you and talking art. I feel like we get to talk more about art now than we normally do with the slew of other people. So it's been, been great <laughs> actually to actually and the three of us kind of just talk about it. Um, so thank you again for hanging out. And I cannot wait to see what you do for the zine. Uh, Fina will be featured in this month's zine. It's all Stephen King. So if you want to see what she's drawn, you're going to have to buy the zine. Uh, but I'm gonna leave you with a paint the fucking world and stay rebellious guys